0: Welcome to Day Zero Update 4 February 11th, 2024. I'm your host, Chris Oloji. And I'm Braden Perkins. And yeah, we're going to be a two-man crew because the Super Bowl has conspired against us. Yep. Uh, happening on Sunday yet again, and just mm-hmm. could not line up uh, the schedules to get Dan Rip on here, so. Yeah. He'll enjoy the Super Bowl anyway, so. Mm-hmm. He won't be out uh, too bad here, but uh, yeah, we got to a good number of stuff to talk about this week not too much in terms of numbers but uh we got uh some big stuff going on with the xbox that seems like it'll get uh aired out next week yep and we'll talk about that the ign staff did something pretty cool um, yeah um final fantasy news one bad for what people mm-hmm. about a certain game releasing on a certain console
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then good news as a uh, Another one that's coming out in a few weeks has gotten a big showcase. Mm -hmm. Showed off a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, there's that. And then, yeah, we'll talk about uh, some subscription stuff before that. But Mm -hmm. before we get up to all that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I've been playing some Foam Stars. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Did some of that uh, this week. Played a few hours of that. And that's pretty good. Um, I would liken it not to Splatoon Mm -hmm. uh, because... Splatoon's whole thing is it's a territory control game mm-hmm. uh very much, and foam doesn't really have any of that, yeah, I would say it's more of a of a typical shooter
2: mm-hmm.
0: in that sense, and you know you get the uh more of a overwatch vibes, especially with the the variety of characters in here mm-hmm. and their different abilities and different gun types and all that that kind of adds that kind of flavor to it, but I also think there's there's a bit of Rocket League to this, and that the the matches are pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe spend five minutes or so at most in these matches. Outside of maybe a couple of match types that I've seen, mm-hmm. um, the basic one that you get to uh, play early on is kind of just your basic kind of a team deathmatch game. Though, yeah. uh, it's four v four. Both teams have essentially seven tickets. Mm-hmm. And, once, you know, seven of your people get chilled, as they call it here, mm. because this is a game set in a version of Las Vegas called Bath Vegas, where, mm. you know, all these people are into raves and the the nightlife of Vegas, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. they call Kills chills here. Yeah. Essentially, you cover them enough in foam. They kind of turn into a ball form. Yeah. You use for, uh your board, your phone mm-hmm. board. To uh, hit them and you know mm. knock them out of the of the match for a few seconds, uh, your teammate can hit you with their board, then you get knocked back into the match,
2: yeah,
0: uh, so that's pretty good, but yeah the mm-hmm. once you have seven people get knocked out, uh, it go, picks the the best player of the game and just shows yeah. you their health bar of sorts, yep, and you're kind of trying to keep them alive. Uh, and take out the the other team's best player, their star player,, mm-hmm. and so whoever's star player goes down first, that team wins, yeah, and usually that's pretty quick, and then at the end it's picks uh five stats, I think it's mm-hmm. usually all the same stats, but it you know shows like who's the best player at these things, and mm-hmm. you get a little bit of extra uh i think x p with that, mm-hmm. and so along the way, you're kind of. Leveling up your character, which adds, uh, unlocks some cosmetic stuff uh, for the uh, all the character customization stuff. Uh, but also levels up the Battle Pass that it has, uh, which is your standard kind of Battle Pass. Cool. Uh Six bucks for the premium version, but uh, it has a, a decent amount of free stuff on there. So... That's kind of weird, but uh, the worst kind of part of it is the shop is full of stuff to pay money for and generally feels Mm -hmm. pretty expensive for what they're offering. To which I'm like, this feels like a free-to-play game right now, but we know that once it's done being on PlayStation Plus, it's going to Mm -hmm. be like 30 bucks, something like that. And I'm like, that's uh, that's a bit much for all the monetization that's in here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're trying to make this a modern game where... All games get monetization, even if you're paying 70 bucks, uh, 10 bucks, 40 bucks, or f- get it for free. Mm. And so that's kind of the, the thing that's kind of most rotten here is that the amount of customizations that it seems like you're going to unlock. You can look through everything that you can unlock with the for each character, and it'll tell you, like, this is in the shop. This is in the battle pass.
1: Mm. This
0: you'll unlock with uh, this challenge or whatever. There's a bunch of challenges like, you know, it's uh, this, you know, accommodation for five times or something like that. Yeah. unlock it or get to this level, that kind of stuff. And so it's like, yeah, this is kind of in that vein where it's like, this should probably just go free to play versus being a $30 game. Yeah. Because I imagine once the the PS Plus period is over, they're probably not going to see a ton of sales. I you don't know, maybe it'll surprise me, but uh, they've got uh, a lot of stuff to customize. They got back bling like Fortnite, mm-hmm. uh, it's like a hologram thing instead of like some physical thing like a lot of Fortnite has for their characters. You know, you got skins for your gun, skins for your character, mm-hmm. um, skins for your board. I forget what else there is. There might be some. They could have like a little hologram character that follows you around that can. Mm-hmm. Have alternate skins, though yeah, they have all the, the time limited stuff. And I think even the the worst thing on top of all that is the the store is incredibly slow to load. Mm. It's like the it feels like when you would accidentally pull up a store on like the a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. Uh it would just take like several minutes. Or like when you play an Ubisoft game and you pull up the Ubisoft Connect thing. You're like, oh god, did something break? And you're like, no, it's just this slow. Because they didn't invest in speedy loading for this thing Mm -hmm. and so yeah it feels like every time i accidentally or i go to the store i uh remind like oh this was a a bad thing to do because you can't cancel out till it loads in Mm -hmm. kind of thing but the the game itself has a decent amount of content you have that basic mode and they have i think every hour uh one of their temporary modes Mm -hmm. loads in as like a special thing you can do at least once you get to level two or three for your count um and you can play that stuff and then if you play a few matches of that you unlock the ability to play that i think full-time or something like that i think that's what it's doing but Mm -hmm. um that might not actually be true but i don't i jumped into uh the first one i had like when there was like 10 minutes left so i got like two matches in instead of like the three that was required and so i didn't really stick around to see if there was anything better going on Mm. uh with that stuff, so maybe that's different than what I was assuming, but yeah, uh, but they also have single player modes called missions
2: mm-hmm. that are
0: sort of where you get story stuff around these characters and kind of the the world that's going on, yeah, which is that they have these weird characters that have lo- you know landed on earth, mm. and your team uh the foam stars are the ones that can save the bath Vegas, at least i don't know about the earth but uh you play those and it was weird because they throw you into a tutorial when you start up the game that's pretty slow as it explains all the mechanics and then i started up the one for the the first character you generally get uh the tutorial has you play as so i played the the first mission that she had so uh, and uh it went through the tutorial stuff again like just explaining all the controls and i'm like why did you are you doing this? How, do you think people are somehow going to get around this? Mm. I was like, maybe we should just skip that first tutorial and let people do this. But then they probably realized if they do that, people are going to complain. They don't know how to play uh, that kind of thing. But I don't know. It was weird. But it was like a wave-based thing. You take out all the enemies in a, a wave, then it loads up the next one. And along the way, you're kind of getting other characters talking to you
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know giving you exposition and that kind of stuff. Then once you're done with the mission, you get a little more exposition as a reward. Yeah. Which for So it was like a, a little radio thing she was going to do, like a and a radio show. Mm-hmm. And got to talk to a little girl about what she could do with her, with her life when she grows up, that kind of stuff. And so I was like, alright, this is neat. I don't know if it's good enough that I want to keep playing it, but mm-hmm. uh, they also do have co-op missions as well you can do with up to more mm-hmm. people maybe. I don't know if that has matchmaking or not, but it's uh, like decent amount of stuff in this, mm-hmm. and also has you know collections of all the the videos and images and all that kind of stuff you unlock mm-hmm. as you go. Which you'll see like ads for the fake brands they have in the game, mm-hmm. uh, kind of doing in-world advertising kind of thing, which is weird. But you can watch that for how silly it is. But yes, Bombstar is pretty solid. Uh, probably play some more of this. Uh, all the matchmaking, all that's pretty quick. Though I did have bugs from the playing on day one or day two i think it was um where i would just crap out on the matchmaking and then i would have to like quit out of the game or quit back to the main menus and load back in mm. So it would be claim my network was messing up or something even though it was perfectly fine because i was streaming so it's like my network's doing just fine game i think you're the one that has the problem but yeah, that's uh, Foam Stars. It's out on PlayStation Plus for PS5 and PS4, and that's the only versions that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bold of Square did not put even PC versions out there, but I mentioned they may at some point. But yeah, there's Foam Stars. Uh, the other live service game I played this week, I got Helldivers 2, mm-hmm. uh, which is out on PS5 and PC, $40. And it seems like it's doing very well, uh, at least for what the Steam store uh, can tell us uh, from the way they track that stuff. Uh, I'm checking right now. I think it's one of the... Let's see, it hits... It's number seven most played game right now uh, by, let's see... uh, Whatever, but it's at 155,000 peak today. It's sitting right now at 142,000. So uh, the devs on Twitter, I think, have suggested that they are over a million uh units sold so that's pretty cool for them. Uh this game mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the first Sony live service games to get out there and seems to be doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know the original hell divers this is a game that's basically a spoof on uh Starship Troopers. Uh complete with the the like patriotic military advertising that starts up. Whereas like a dude that's arriving home see his family, his wife and his kid and then a giant-ass bug appears out of nowhere and kills them in front of him as he screams about the the horrible things that have befallen him, and talking about how the Super-Earth needs to fight uh, the war against the, the Terminids, which are the bugs. There's also the automatons, which are the robots, and they may be adding more races at some point, but right now, the the way the game is all set up, it's you are watching this map of the it's not the universe i don't know what they they call it but the the big war map that shows all these sections of space and they have a handful of planets for each of them Uh, right now the the automatons taken over a couple of them Mm. the the terminids have taken over like four or five sections Uh, we are as a community working through that as you complete missions you add to i think it's 0.0001% a point zero 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 one percent of the the like uh uh liberating percentage, that they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started playing later on Thursday evening, uh already like four or five planets have been liberated in the yeah. uh the area. There's still like mm-hmm. two more left. Uh, uh one was at like sixty percent, the other one was at twenty percent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh so Good bit of work to go the the automaton's definitely not the thing people have been focusing on. Those were like at five to ten percent mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think there's any time limit on that stuff. It's just a matter of yeah. opening up more planets to take on, but mm-hmm. yeah, as you take on missions, you go into uh the game, you start off at the easiest difficulty uh then you kind of work your way up as you complete missions on the next difficulty. Uh, I have medium opened up right now and that's mm-hmm. pretty tough. Uh, a lot of those missions are two part missions so you um, you do one mission and then uh, you try to do the second one uh, mm-hmm. separate ones. The missions can be like 20 to 40 minutes but you can just do the the main objective and kind of get out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but along the way you kind of just have enemies spawning all around you. Uh, you can look at an overview uh, overhead map that Mm. Shows you like big red areas that are like these are where they're at right now, it's hot spots, but there'll be little bits here and there you'll see. And if you start trying to shoot them, they mm-hmm. may start spawning a lot more right there as you're doing stuff. So mm. yeah, there's been a good variety of objectives I've seen. There's been ones where I have to go to these nests and shoot up all the eggs and can, yeah. you know, destroy a bunch of them there. Uh one that I had to go and Turn on this equipment, this like mining equipment or something like that that got gummed up with uh, bug goo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to go like turn on, uh, like radio broadcast towers and some that you have to turn off because there's mm-hmm. pirate break bo- uh, broadcast going on. All kinds of stuff, or just go these places and just kill tons of bugs. Yeah, uh, lots of that kind of stuff and. You'll find like abandoned outposts and maybe bug outposts and uh, uh some of these other kind of little areas of interest and you're yeah. trying to collect uh what is it? you're trying to keep up with your ammo which you can find in some of these places mm-hmm. as well as samples different types of samples but on the easier difficulties you just have access to one that can show up in these areas yeah can um, help you unlock stuff on the ship um Use the money you get to purchase uh, stratagems, which from the original game are kind of these uh, these support items or mm-hmm. turrets or whatever that you call down, or you can call down you know attacks, you know orbital lasers and all that kind of stuff uh, as you're unlocking that stuff. But you can only have I think four uh, personal ones, and they give you some by default, which are mm-hmm. like a resupply to drop down ammo and health stuff and that kind of stuff uh for uh you to refill but yeah along the way you kind of you can do a lot of these missions solo probably up to a certain point in terms of difficulty mm-hmm. but uh you may be able to just grind up your way to better weapons and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to uh be able to better handle those higher difficulties mm-hmm. or, you know, just be a really good player uh not just waste a lot of ammo just mm-hmm. hold it down constantly uh that kind of stuff but uh uh, definitely seemed like the servers were being overloaded by players, so um you had the matchmaking kind of get gummed up a lot, wouldn't from what the the cool thing is the devs on the I think the reddit for the for the game have been very open about what the issues have been, and seemed like a lot of it for the matchmaking was like
1: mm. oh it's
0: it's loading so many people into a match that it it's giving you ninety nine percent of them errors because it's filled up before they even mm. get to it kind of thing. Uh, but they put out updates to try to minimize that kind of stuff. Um, but also, you're supposed to have a thing where if you set up a mission, people mm-hmm. then can load into that to be match made. So, uh, Friday morning, I was playing some and had somebody before I even realized it loaded in, and then had a second person who loaded in too while we were mm-hmm. uh, getting ready to go down and start the mission. Though the third person ended up like getting a it- disconnect error, so they crapped out, but the the two people I had were, or the one person I had helping me, we were able to handle things pretty well. We were playing on easy, I think, so it wasn't supposed to be too tough, though. I did die Mm -hmm. a few times, but this is one of those games much like the original and the the team's previous games, uh, Mm Magicka, are games that are built around uh, co-op play, as well as there being no uh way to turn off friendly fire.
1: Mm.
0: So that's you know if you drop a turret uh, they tell you uh in some of the the flavor text like uh when you drop one of these things make sure you're not in front of it cuz it doesn't have the ability to tell the difference between enemies and mm-hmm. friendlies. Uh that kind of stuff as well as your teammates shots as mm-hmm. well can kill you if you're not careful. Um so it's very much built out like that so that's why they have uh prone positions you can do. Uh, so you can kind of have two people kind of occupy occupying you know similar space, and people can you know crouch or uh, go prone and that kind of stuff. If you want to mm-hmm. uh, kind of have some good fire coming from one place, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also turn that prone into like a dive, so you can just hit double hit the circle button as you're in any direction. And you kind of dive mm-hmm. over in that direction laying on the ground taking shots so you kind of get a little bit of john woo kind of feeling action here but mm-hmm. it's a really fun game um it really feels fun to mow down a bunch of bugs or uh the robots uh the fun thing with the robots is they have an objective where you need to go plant super earth flags and while it's you know you gotta essentially hold the spot for a bit and along the, the entire time it's playing patriotic music uh, as the the flags slowly uh, rises out of the out of the the thing that it's starting in kind mm-hmm. of thing and it has some fun times with people where we're all just saluting it while it's going mm-hmm. up uh having fun with that kind of patriotic part of it, which is fully built into the game
1: mm-hmm.
0: as uh the first emote you have is the salute um but a lot of the flavor text is about patriotism defending democracy, all this kind of stuff that is very much you know of a of an era that the starship troopers kind of grew out of in the mm-hmm. the early to mid 90s with uh i think that was probably built around like the iraq war uh, mm-hmm. stuff around that so yeah that's a a fun time uh, especially so they have uh for kind of unlock stuff for customization they have two battle passes mm-hmm. there's a paid and there's a free tier yeah uh, so they give you a bunch of stuff to unlock uh, without paying for the the premium battle pass mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool and it's done like Fortnites, where as you complete missions you get medals mm-hmm. that then you spend on whatever you want on a page and then once you've spent x amount it opens up the next page so you can start grabbing stuff there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh the battle pass seems seem to be like it's either like five bucks or ten bucks whatever it was uh worth of the the in-game currency that you can get from the free battle pass not enough to get the the premium out of it but mm. i think if you get all of it you can probably knock about half of that cost off mm. and if you're paying that much you're probably uh make that a worthwhile investment so yeah it's a it's a very cool game and they do have a live shop of like here's like four things you can buy for the next 2 days kind of mm. stuff which is doesn't seem really worth it but they have fake user reviews under it, mm-hmm. and you'll see the some ridiculous, you know, usernames for them. That's pretty cool. Uh, I forget what the, someone's like badass, you know, 99, whatever, and it's like uh, C's instead of S's and that kind of stuff. But there's there's only five stars and one-star reviews, and the one-stars are automatically removed and reported for treason. So they've out <laughs> that kind of stuff. That is pretty good. So yeah, it's it's a very fun game. It's they're working through some of the, the bugs and that. Uh, but the devs seem pretty insistent on getting that stuff fixed as quickly as possible. And it seems like the game is uh really taking off pretty well yeah. on Steam. So All looking right. forward to put some more time into that. And yeah, definitely definitely a really cool game. Okay. And uh the last one I check out the Skull and Bones open beta that happened this weekend.
2: Yeah, and, and-
0: and uh, figured out that this is kind of a, a bog standard game.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's kind of like if uh sea of thieves was more of an Ubisoft RPG mm-hmm. kind of live action thing or live service thing. Yeah. So uh, what the, the start of the game is kind of teaches you the basics of the, the boat controls As you're part of this crew mm-hmm. on this big ship and you're just blowing, blowing up British ships left and right. Yeah. Uh, kind of the a very hilarious like action movie kind of way mm-hmm. as you just take a shot at them and then like two seconds later they just explode yeah balls of fire kind of stuff uh but then you get to a point where uh you get uh your comeuppance though mm-hmm. for me i was taking out these ships and just ran out of the area the playable area
1: mm-hmm.
0: and at that point you don't have your sails working so i just like slowly trudged back into the playable area and then some random ship apparently just automatically blows you up yeah. so i was like oh this this was awkward way to transition from the the tutorial to the the rest of the game but yeah. uh basically you're trying to find a ship called the exeter and uh you start off as like a survivor of this explosion of the the ship and, uh, you have a couple people that kind of show up with their, their little dowel that picks you up, and they're like, "This is where you pick, make your character." You mm. set all your, uh, your visual stuff. There's not much in the way of like, uh, like a Bethesda style, You yeah. of like deforming the face and all that, but it's all yeah. like skin color and eye mm. color and hair and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's a pretty decent. One of those, um, mm. they let you change it at any point, so you're not really uh, burdened with having to stick with it for the rest of time. Mm. So that's not too bad. You um, do have a bunch of shirt customizations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm. Once you get to like the uh, St. Anne area, which is just a big shop town mm. uh, where you can go and buy, you know, a bunch of equipment and all that kind of stuff to outfit your new ship uh, that you'll build. Uh, after you do some quick fetch quests which Mm -hmm. was funny because i started off the the game like in the the area you're on you're on your dial you are kind of going around these waters and it's just like oh there's just a bunch of materials here to pick up and i was like okay we'll just do that and that was apparently enough to almost make everything i had early on outside of like the one or two things that they didn't have available in that area so um But yeah, you're kind of just going through these very basic fetch quest type stuff. And it's all kind of just boring and boilerplate stuff. Uh, But yeah, the first like combat quest I got, it's like I had to go kill these specific type of ships from this one faction. So they got a bunch of factions around. There's the one called the Sea People, which I just kept thinking of like One Piece's like fishmen kind of thing. But I'm pretty sure they're actual people. But it took me a while to figure out like what, cause it didn't like show any markers on the, the overworld map or anything for places to go to find these things. I did find a base for uh, whatever the company they were calling it, but it was like French company kind of spelling. So I was like, Oh, you got to go kill the French mm. pirates that are out here. The not pirates, but the, the French government sponsored trading ships and all that. But I had to find their gatherer ships, which I looked in the area I was in. Was killing their bigger ships pretty easily, but uh it took me a while just going around uh finding the the place where this was it eventually showed up on the map. Uh so that wasn't too bad, but I just kind of farted around for thirty minutes kind of looking around at stuff. And yeah, it's it's this beta just kind of has a lot of that kind of stuff where it's rough around the edges, it doesn't do a great job explaining things. Mm-hmm. When it's like telling me like go kill two of these kind of ships, and I was like, okay, where where do I find those? How do I know what to look for? And I eventually just figured it out, but that was like thirty yeah. minutes of being like, I have no clue what I'm doing here. Uh, I can you know get around pretty easily, uh, you know, shoot down ships that I'm finding, but nothing like uh, what you would typically expect. Like just put a thing on the map, make it easy to find. It seemed like it was either hidden by like Mm. fog of war type stuff or whatever um but yeah once i got to that i was like all right i've seen a decent bit of this game it seems fine but it's not something i'm gonna spend 70 bucks for this week i'd rather get uh one or two other games instead uh instead of that but that'd be like if that's ever on like playstation plus or game pass i'll check that out but as for paying for it right now that's not gonna happen it uh, just has a lot of weird stuff. Your ship has stamina. Because you can go into... Uh, depending on the, the type of ship, you might have different modes of speed. But then there's a speed on top of that that uh, it can only do for so long. Before like the ship potentially like falls apart or whatever. Uh, that's kind of the weird thing that they're doing. Uh, but also, depending on how much crap you picked up. Uh, yeah. So they kind of encourage you to store stuff in the warehouse. Uh, your top speed, even with that extra sprinting kind of mechanic, uh, may not be as fast as possible. Which ended up with me the first time I found out about how much that limits the speed. I uh, was me going out to the, the the unsafe waters and being able to go like three knots, two knots, kind of thing, but just like slowly dragging my ship around uh, to go grab certain thing. Because another thing, the fun thing that happened is I was going to take a quest that had me make something and i was like well i don't have enough money for this so i sold some stuff and ended up finding out that was one of the materials i needed to make the thing so i had to go back out and go get some more of the materials because there wasn't anybody that sold them in this town at least at the at the point that i was in the story stuff but yeah the story stuff is basically you're one of the former captains of the the crew or something like that and you're you know, starting back at square one, and you've got to build yourself back up as a a fearsome pirate and all that. And so yeah. you're essentially doing a lot of fetch quests and such for uh merchants on this island yeah. before you build yourself up to take on bigger fish, I guess. And it definitely, you get to see some of them because they they highlight like trading ma- trading routes on the the map, so you can see like where bigger ships are going to start coming in, that kind of stuff. And yeah, you can kind of. Go and try and ransack some of these bases and all that kind of, you know, very basic like open world mechanic stuff. But yeah, everything else is like, yeah, this seems fine. It's nothing revolutionary or anything. It just seems like mm-hmm. this is what the the game that they made when they, you know, had to get it out. So mm-hmm. But it does have a lot of you see other players, and so you kind of work with them to take down bases or potentially mm-hmm. just fire on them and be that kind of person in mm-hmm. this game but for the beta i didn't see anybody attacking other people it just seemed like people working together to take down uh these bases and that kind of stuff but mostly it kind of felt like an mmo where people are just going out doing their thing coming back uh and getting into the, the safe waters that are sort of around the the base towns you're going to land in so mm-hmm. and they have like sunken ships and crash ships that you can go in launder for stuff you know all that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah it's okay uh it was fun to join in for the beta and see Mm -hmm. like what this game is but yeah it was like yeah free was a pretty good price for this to check it out but um i don't expect that game to be blowing up or anything so Mm -hmm. that's been uh pretty much what i've been doing so brandon what have you been playing
2: well um I'm still playing uh, Persona 3 Reloaded um, and getting a sort of sort of a better idea of like how that game kind of it, like is visually in a lot of ways. That game, even though it's a remake of Persona 3, gets a lot of its cues from Persona 5. Um, But the way that, you know, like their dungeons work is significantly different. In Persona 5, the various dungeons are sort of spread all around Tokyo in various locations. Um, and you know like like in the rest of the persona series uh they are you know like sort of rep- representations or inspired by real places um unlike that however persona 3 the dungeons are all located in one section it's a place called the tower that appears uh during the dark hour out front at, at in the gates of their the high school that the character goes to and the and and also, unlike Persona Five, all of the dungeons are randomly generated, which was something they would carry over to Persona Four. Um, however, the actual like boss fights and everything, and the areas leading up to boss fights, do not take place in the actual dungeon. They are usually uh, in places that are in and around the city that you're currently located in. So, like for the first one, for example, the boss fight takes place uh, on a monorail car. Um, that is uh, careening headlong into a stationary car, and you're given a time limit to beat the boss. And if you don't beat it before then, then the car ends up crashing into the stationary car. But that first boss is actually not that difficult. Um, there are like some, I guess you could call mini bosses uh, that you'll encounter in the um, within the actual tower themselves. They're called like border guards. Because there's a certain there's a certain point in every dungeon you can't go any further until after you've gone to the area where the boss is and beaten them. Um, but eventually, what happens is these are like other characters, other enemies that can eventually become. Uh, well, they 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 eventually become like they 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 just get stronger and progressively stronger, and you know eventually some of the you know border guards become like regular enemies, and other ones replace them, stuff like that. Um, And it's still a lot of fun, still very enjoyable, still, you know, it's definitely a massive improvement on the original. The original looks downright just uh, incredibly crude compared to this. Um, And also it just plays better, Um, especially the fact that you can, like, actually control the other members of your party rather than just, you know, having to rely on them doing it for you. Is kind of a big deal, at least to me. Um, but yeah, so Persona 3 Reloaded, great game. Um, loving it. We'll be reviewing it as soon as I'm finished. Um, the uh, other game I've been playing is uh, Fear and Hunger Termina. I finished the original Fear and Hunger, so I went and got the sequel. Um, Fear and Hunger Termina is it's it's it, it's a definitely something of an improvement over the original for one thing uh the the graphics definitely have stepped up a little bit it's still you know 2d um but it definitely looks just a bit better drawn than the first one was um it takes place uh some play well the first fear and hunger takes place somewhere analogous to like the late middle ages uh, this one, uh, Fear and Hunger Termina, takes place somewhat analogous to 1941, um, where you have what's called the Bremen Empire basically expanding into all the parts that are analogous to Europe. Um, and yeah, Lita, the Bremenites are shown to be just complete assholes who are in it for expansionism's sake. Um, Unlike who they're supposed to be inauguralist to, they don't really have an analogy other than growing the empire. Um, but what happens is you end up uh, in this uh, little city that is kind of like supposed to be sort of like it's, it's supposed to be like kind uh, like uh say, like somewhere around like say, Bosnia or Sarajevo, like right around that time period, um, with little mixtures of like Paris and you get to play you can inspire you can play one of like eight different characters um and you're essentially going into an era into a city that's undergoing what's called the festival which is essentially just a large city-wide purge where everybody's trying to kill everyone else and come out on top um and the immediate thing that you'll notice right off the bat that's different from the first fear and hunger is the fact that this one is definitely more combat based the original Fear and Hunger really is more of a survival horror game than an RPG, even though it plays and looks like an RPG. Um, in that, in the first Fear and Hunger, actually, like fighting enemies is more of like a last resort in most cases, um, at least starting out. Here in Termina, you're actually like encouraged to actually fight. That doesn't necessarily mean it's easy, mind you, but it's not as as like a as like a slog as it sometimes is in Fear and Hunger. Um, The other thing is, uh, unlike the first Fear and Hunger, it's a bit more, I guess, reserved in the disturbing side. Like, don't get me wrong, there is definitely some awful, awful shit that happens to you and other people in this game. But it's not quite as uh, blatant and constant as it is in the first Fear and Hunger. Uh, It's a bit more subdued um but it's still there and it can still happen um it's just more spread out than it was in the the first game um also a new um you know addition to combat is that now because it takes place in 1941 you have access to firearms and that's everywhere from pistols to like you know submachine guns and stuff like that and it definitely uh it definitely has it, it definitely does make combat somewhat easier. Um but keep in mind that you still have to deal with like ammunition and stuff like that in order to keep using those weapons. So you're going to want to make sure that you've got a, you know, a regular melee weapon, you know, in in your repertoire at all times. Um but yeah, in general, uh this game it's definitely bigger than the first Fear and Hunger was. The Fear and Hunger the first Fear and Hunger you could uh theoretically finish it in like 4 to 6 hours. Uh this one is definitely a bit bigger and a bit longer. Um and also a little bit more intricate. There's a lot more going on here. Um but it's fun just sort of going through much like with the first Fear and Hunger, going through trying to find all the little lore bits that you can find and finding the connections between the first game and this one and just it's good. I love I love Fear and Hunger and I love and I'm really liking Fear and Hunger Termina. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing.
0: All right. Yeah, let's get to some news here. And first up, we've got the uh subscription news of what games you'll be able to play. Uh this PlayStation Plus lineup for the monthly games uh, is one week late cuz uh, I just plain forgot to grab it last week uh in the move and all that. So, uh apologies for that. But yeah, as I mentioned, Film Stars is the the big highlight game of the month for PS5 and PS4. Uh, so a big online you know shooter game to play. So that's fun there. Uh, but yeah, the other one here, roller, roller drone is also available for PS5 and PS4. That is just a very fun game. Uh very much a third-person shooter arena. Uh, combat uh, sports game essentially is Scream Sports, as you're sort of a, a character who's set up to play in the, uh, I think the Roller drum League show thing. Uh, very much a, a combat uh, sport. Uh, very much playing on a lot of, uh, movies and such that have been coming out for the last like thirty, forty years about this kind of idea. But yeah, you're going around grinding on rails, uh jumping off of ramps, doing tricks, all this kind of stuff while shooting enemies uh, as it kind of slows down while you're in air, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, you're trying to work your way up the ranks to uh, eventually become the champion. And it's, uh, it's a very fun game, well worth checking out. Uh, if you have not very
2: fun, before. but it is it can be challenging. Yeah. And especially trying to, when you get into later later levels where there's, like, significant gaps and cliffs that you have to avoid it can yeah. uh it can be a little difficult to you know keep the re- keep keep remembering where you're located at and avoiding pitfalls um but yeah it's definitely a lot of fun uh heavily enjoyed it when I played it
0: yeah yeah so that's well worth checking out and the third game is Steel Rising for the PS5 I believe this is a
2: souls like action rpg yep french revolution souls like <laughs> Yeah,
0: Alternate History Paris, in which the French Revolution has been suppressed by a robotic army. Uh, so you get to deal with all that kind of fun stuff. Almost like a little bit of Liza P, but instead of being set around uh, the puppet revolution, uh, overtaking all the, the humans, this is more the the robots in, in a version of Paris. So, kind of similar vibes, but yeah, uh, a pretty neat looking game. So, there you go for that. And then, yeah, they also mentioned that they got a, a new Fall Guys DLC pack that gives you uh, skins for Ratchet and Clank and Aloy. Uh, so you can have some fun with that stuff in the game. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, let's see. Oh, yeah, they also are having a game trial for PlayStation Plus premium members for Marvel Spider Man 2. So, if you have not checked that game out, uh, let's see, that started on the 6th. So, yeah, you can check it out now. Two hour trial. Check out the early parts of the game and uh, enjoy. So, yeah, some good stuff there. Uh, for Game Pass, looks like they also have some good stuff here. Let's see mm-hmm. what's available now. Uh, this game called Anuchard, A N U C H A R D, console and PC. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think this is a Zelda like from what I. I downloaded it on the console and had not played it yet, but I think it's Mm. Zelda-like. As I mentioned, go forth, battle monsters, solve puzzles, and restore any chart to its former Skyward glory. Mm -hmm. So that might be a neat game. Uh, Let's see. Also available now for console PC, Train Sim World 4. Mm. Uh, The latest in the the Train Sim World games. So you get a, a bunch of trains to control, different scenarios, all that kind of stuff you're trying to do. Uh yeah, three routes across the UK, Austria, and the US. So yeah. some decent variety there. Yeah. Uh as of the eighth, looks like Med NFL 24 showed up on the EA playlist. So uh if you have Game Pass Ultimate or EA Play on any of the platforms it's on, you can check that out uh with the the Super Bowl happening today. So there you go yeah. for that. Uh, Let's see, as of the 13th, so that'll be Tuesday. For console and PC, Uh, Game Pass follows up Resident Evil 2 with Resident Evil 3. Uh, So you can check out that version of uh, Resident Evil 3 with Nemesis and all that. Uh, Not supposed to be as good as Resident Evil 2. It's kind of shorter and all that, but that was also true of the original game. Being kind of a, a shorter thing, but yeah, there you go. Neat thing there. Let's see, on the 14th. Uh, For console and PC, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. So that'll be returning after taking Mm -hmm. a break. Uh, That is the Castlevania Symphony of the Night style game from the original creator. Yep. Uh, At least of Symphony of the Night, not Castlevania. Uh, That guy went somewhere Mm. else, I think.
2: Yeah. Uh, This is
0: Igarashi's studio working on this. They still have not put out a sequel yet. Mm. Uh, I assume they're working on it, but it's kind of wild. That game's been out for like eight years now something like that i think it was like Mm -hmm. 2015 2016 but uh yeah there you go Uh, on the 15th i think it's thursday yeah Mm -hmm. thursday Uh, a little to the left uh, for console and pc will be available that is a very cozy puzzle game of sorts where you're playing um you're solving puzzles of like arranging real life things of sorts like stacking Mm -hmm. documents sorting postcards arranging, you know, your junk drawer, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Occasionally you'll have a cat that comes out and just fucks with you. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you got to watch out for that. So that's a a really cool game, really cool kind of puzzle game. Mm -hmm. Especially for a number of them, they have like alternate solutions. Uh, I know one that's like, here's the, here's like little jars of, you know, some spice or something like that, but it has like three colors in it and so you can arrange them in one pattern or multiple patterns that kind of stuff and get multiple solutions so uh but that's one of those kind of cool puzzle games. Uh see so we got two more. Uh also February 15th for console and PC Plate Up. Uh this is yeah, I think a cooking restaurant tycoon kind of game.
1: Yeah. You're
0: managing your restaurants but also doing some uh overcooked style cooking stuff in there. Uh, Managing that up, you can play solo or with up to uh, four players total, Uh, but you're also able to expand and decorate your restaurant uh, with all that kind of stuff. So and has a a bit of roguelite elements to it. So Mm -hmm. it looks pretty neat. And then February 20th, Return to Grace, console and PC. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Okay, first person narrative adventure. Set in a 60s yeah. retro sci-fi world. Uh story here. A daring space archaeologist has just unearthed the ancient resting place of a long-lost AI god known as Grace. So there mm-hmm. you go. That's a classic uh, trope there of people unearthing some uh, long-lost god or whatever piece of tech that's going to ruin everything. Let's mm-hmm. uh, see. Adventure with various fractured AI personalities. You can cover the great mystery why she was shut down all those years ago so yeah. that sounds neat and that'll be the tuesday after next so mm. there you go for that and uh that's it for the games i'm seeing if there's anything else of note here nothing really as far as i can see so there you go some nice stuff to play there as well on xbox mm-hmm. uh well let's get to the rest of the news here uh see yeah the The big update for Spider-Man 2, we talked Mm. about a little bit ago, got delayed past uh, the end of 2023, and they said it would be coming out uh, early 2024, and we finally have a date for that, March 7th, Mm. uh, which will include New Game Plus, as well as uh, a bunch of accessibility options and such, so uh, that's pretty good to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, That'll finally be out in a few weeks here, so... yeah. Yeah, they haven't released the the full patch notes of everything, but I assume they'll have a PlayStation blog post with mm-hmm. all those details. So we'll probably maybe follow up on this if uh, if there's more stuff there. But mm. yeah, that'll be pretty cool. Yep. So yeah, more reason to come back to that game. Mm-hmm. And then next up here, uh, this is a Game Pass game in the that's been announced to coming to uh, Xbox and Switch and PC, Botany Manor. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've been wondering when a date's going to happen for this and it seems like it's finally going to hit April 9th Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a pretty cool game it's basically a big puzzle adventure game
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, where you are visiting Botany Manor
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, the home to a retired botanist who has amassed a huge collection of rare and uh, Mm -hmm. wild plants that require some research as you're trying to bring them back to life or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and you're sort of using the environments and clues around to figure out these puzzles and solve things. I remember playing the demo for this, for the one of the steam next Fest in the past, mm-hmm. the had you finding ways to uh, get the right lighting to bring a plant, you know, get it to bloom, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun, little uh, environmental puzzles and such. So yeah, that looks like that's going to be really, really neat. So that'll be a nice game for April.
2: Oh, yeah. Honestly, Game Pass is probably, is definitely, like, the best place for these types of games. Yeah. Just, you know, these really chill, sort of, comfort games.
0: Yeah. Uh, And speaking of Game Pass, uh, Final Fantasy XIV is coming to Xbox pretty soon. Mm -hmm. It seems like they have a, uh, what a, they're doing an open beta test that -hmm. is happening here pretty soon. Uh, Let's see, February 21st, uh, which... Basically what I've seen people that have, have played Final Fantasy fourteen before on PC and PlayStation basically like, don't jump into that if you want to play the game for yourself because yeah. uh, the way that their weird archaic back uh back end for their account system treats that as like actually playing the game, so you can't check out the free trial mm. uh for that game, which is just wild that There's like a whole system that's been existing since Final Fantasy 11, Mm
2: -hmm. which is,
0: you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. And they still haven't like overhauled this to make it simple uh, Mm -hmm. and easy to understand. Instead, you have to, you know, rebuy the game for each platform you want to play it on, uh, have a unique subscription for each platform, Mm -hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff, buy all the expansions for each platform. Uh, This free trial is one of the, the coolest parts of it. But, you know, if you have a lap subscription, you can't play it. even if it includes content that you uh, don't have on your version of the game that you purchased, that kind of stuff. So you have to subscribe or either wait for their little free, free weeks that they do or they let people get back on to play some more. Um, But yeah, for this Xbox version has been, they've been waiting on it for a while, Xbox people because uh, Square has had issues with uh, the way, you know, Xbox live requires things of, uh, you know from the publishers to be a gold uh member to play, you know, an MMO even if it requires a subscription on top of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff and uh, when they announced that it was finally coming to Xbox, people were like, "Oh, great, they must not be requiring anything," especially when gold was essentially being uh mm-hmm. taken down, turned into Game Pass core, but as we've seen with all these announcements, there's a little asterisk that says Hey, uh, let's see, it reveals that while the free trial version of the game will not require a Game Pass subscription, the -hmm. full Xbox Series X and S version will require an Xbox Game Pass core or ultimate plan to play. So you'll need that fee, which is either like $10 for the base core Mm -hmm. system uh, or ultimate uh, on top of the $13 monthly fee for the game, Mm -hmm. which is like a lot of money. There is you're saying, you know, potentially playing twenty three bucks a month just to play oh. Final Fantasy fourteen online. Uh or if you're getting ultimate, that's makes it an even thirty. Oh. And it's like that's uh a thing that's uh angered a lot of people having a thought that this was one of the core things that Square Enix was kind of trying to get a, a deal to get away from that, but it seems like it's not. So oh. feels like this is kind of thing that undermines the the appeal of that game for xbox people to jump into mm-hmm. and yeah great job of microsoft kind of finally getting a big game and then uh having to require this mm-hmm. on top of that so there you go fun times mm-hmm. as a uh, final fantasy fans on xbox we're about to get a win and microsoft snatched that from them Uh, Yeah, speaking of Final Fantasy, Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy 7 Rebirth is coming out here in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had a big state of play showing off a bunch of stuff. And from uh, a lot of the comments, I saw people complaining about how spoiler this is. And as somebody who's only beaten really the first disc of the original game, Mm. and I'm currently playing through Remake, uh, I didn't notice anything. It's like, oh, this ruins everything. It's just like a bunch of flashes of different environments and all that. It's like, I don't get the context for anything here but mm-hmm. uh the showcase had a lot to it uh, they basically went into details on a lot of the side stuff that the game has um mm-hmm. it has a lot of side missions much like the uh the remake um but those kind of mm-hmm. divided those up into here's a chapter where you just go around and help people kind of thing and final fantasy 7 the rebirth is more of a big open world game mhm so they're talking about that uh, as a lot of the things here. Yeah, the yeah big open world map connected seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so several areas seamlessly joined together. Uh, you have chocobos you can use to get around to buggies and wheelies. Yeah. Uh, and you can also control any of the companions.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: not just Cloud, which Remake has that a little bit. Where you get to control Aerith for a bit, or uh, the fun bits with uh, Barrett who just shoots everything up Mm -hmm. uh, including like those little breakable boxes that can get you more potions or whatever Yeah, Uh, that was fun just walking around this tunnel just shooting all these boxes that are up on the wall and he just knows to automatically aim up there but it's like this is a real dumb thing but it's pretty good for what it is but yeah they'll have I think Red 13 is able to run up walls and uh tifa i think has a grappling hook and all that kind of stuff so they have different ways they can get around and um they have plenty of points of interest you have a little towns so you can go into and do stuff um you have a bunch of odd jobs you can do they introduce sanctuaries which uh reveal knowledge of the game summons it's sort of the new place where you can get summons i guess uh where you have to conquer them with your team to be able to have them as a uh, a summon that you can pull in uh let's see yeah they got a bunch of mini games there's a revealing of like a a rhythm game of sorts that kind of looks like uh last of us part two's guitar mini game is it kind of show the the wheel of the the different notes and chords that you can play on that uh which is pretty wild uh to because it's like you did that in the first game and it kind of it kind of sucked because it kind of had you watching these. Uh, notes show up and then a little circle around them but it was constantly swimming around the camera and all that so they kind of just came out of nowhere as you're trying to keep up with that stuff but yeah they're talking about uh, all sorts of different mini games here like the the rhythm games uh you've been going to the golden saucer so there's a bunch of stuff there as well Uh, as well as having a big uh card game here so in grand final fantasy tradition since i think seven Seven or eight, I forget which one had the card game, the first one that had the card game. Eight definitely did. I forget if seven had something of a sorts, but yeah, they're definitely got a big uh bunch of stuff there. they also talked about how there's like relationship stuff here as far yeah. as kind of in a mass effect way of mm. you're talking to people and saying the right things to them, their their yeah. point of view gets better. And then uh on certain side quests and Story beats. They'll join you. They'll mm-hmm. be like insisting on joining you and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then they talked about you know potentially going on dates at the Golden Saucer, and uh, it's not just the ladies that Cloud can go on dates with at the Golden no.
2: Saucer. No, I mean they they already kind of implied that with <laughs> remake, but yeah, it's yeah. just all out in the open now. I guess.
0: And I was like, oh, you can hang out with Barrett, yeah, and do fun stuff there, or. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think the yeah. other thing they revealed is that like Vincent isn't a playable character here. Yeah, uh, he's just a a story character, mm-hmm. Of sorts, he'll hang around and help you out, but he's not going to be like a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, which isn't a big deal. I assume he'll probably be a big part in the third game. I assume
2: either that, or they're going to do like what they did with Yuffie and have like a DLC to tack on later. Maybe as yeah. like
0: his gameplay introduction. Yeah. Cause there's already a ton of people here and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people you need. Yeah. Even though it does have a, you know, there's the tradition of the big cast uh, mm-hmm. with Tifa, Barrett cloud, Ar- uh Eris and Kate Sith and red 13 and Vince mm-hmm. and Sid. I think Sid's also not going to be a playable character. Yeah. Uh, this time. Uh, but they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Especially because people are expecting the, the big moments. Uh, to happen in this game, uh, where maybe you don't deal with the character anymore, mm-hmm. and it's like, which one's that going to be? And we'll see if they go for the the traditional uh, moments, or if they flip it on its side, like everybody's expecting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, they also showed a bit with Zach, like yep. in the in the demo. They announced the demo's out now, which okay. features the the big uh, flashback thing where you're. Uh, with uh, Sephiroth, Cloud Sephiroth, and Zack kind of mm-hmm. going into a town. I think it's Zack's hometown
1: mm.
0: and doing some stuff. So in this demo, I guess you can play this section of the game mm. and transfer the save over and you don't have to play it again, which is interesting because I guess they just keep track of like, oh, he's already done this flashback. So mm-hmm. you can just skip it and you play all the stuff before and after it. Uh, but they also, um, I don't know if they mention it here. I got it from the, the press release that they're going to update that demo on the 21st, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to look it up just to see why it's described here. Yeah, second playable section of the upcoming RPG will be available on February 21st. Give mm-hmm. players the chance to experience a part of the expansive game world ahead of its February mm-hmm. 29th launch. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's more. Yeah, they call this the fall of a hero in Nibelheim, Mm. uh, which is the extended flashback section as Cloud Strife recalls an earlier mission, his career as a soldier, the Mm. Nibelheim incident. And then that's the town that you can visit in Rebirth itself years Mm. later. Uh, Yeah, 21st opening, another playable section called Dawn of a New Era in Junon, which Mm. is another town they mentioned in the state of play. Uh, in a special preview made specifically for the demo, explore a small piece of the massive in-game world around the harbor town of Junon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've altered this town to make the content more compact so progress cannot be carried over to the full game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fans and newcomers will get a chance to experience new forms of exploration, new synergy attacks, and powerful character bonds expressed through thrilling content- combat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you get save data out of this demo, you'll receive a Kupo charm and a survival set in the full game. And yeah, the these players will also be able to skip past sections covered in Fall of a Hero nibbleheim demo. Yeah. Uh, be yeah, that's the whole thing. A lot of stuff there. A lot of good information has people really excited, and I think people been posting previews. Mm. We got to go play the game for bits, and pretty much all glowing previews from what I've seen. So mm-hmm. they're expecting this to be, you know, a big upgrade to remake. Yeah, and that's uh. No slouch of a game there either. Hmm. So yeah, there you go. Final Fantasy VII
2: Rebirth looking
0: like it's going to be a very good
2: game. Oh yeah, I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah. I realize that's coming out on a Thursday.
2: Yeah. That's
0: when you're like, nah, we'll give people a chance to play it before the weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. Good stuff there. Uh, next up here, a big... Uh, partnership has been announced between yep. Disney and Epic games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's $1.5 billion investment to acquire an equity stake in Epic games for the Walt Disney Co- company. That's uh, let's see a multi-year project aims to create an all new universe. that spans various Disney properties, including Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, Avatar, and more. Mm-hmm. As he says, players will be able to create their own stories and experiences, share content, express their fandom and in- experiences powered by the unreal engine. Mm. Uh, which, I don't know about that part, the creating and sharing content, but that might just be that the the way that people can make their own game modes and such in Fortnite. That's more of a thing you can do with all the, the Marvel stuff. But yeah, this is not a new thing. The the Lego stuff, they took an investment from the Lego company and that resulted in Lego Fortnite uh, as well as the, uh, some of that kind of stuff has been uh, more fruitful. So mm-hmm. Disney's kind of getting in because they want to Get an actual metaverse thing going on, and they've failed to do one of their own, so they enlisted the the biggest company doing that right now, Epic Games with Fortnite. So mm-hmm. that seems like a, a whole big thing there. So probably won't see anything out of that for a couple more years, so we'll see how this goes. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, big companies investing in Epic uh, over the past few years with uh, yeah, Tencent, Sony. Um. Yeah, and more people investing into them with that kind of stuff. And yeah, they seem to keep making more and more money. I think the, I forget who it was that put out these numbers, but suggesting that Fortnite was the most played game of last year on Xbox and PlayStation, uh, which is not a huge surprise. So yeah, there you go. We'll get to some more industry news here. The Kadokawa Corporation has announced that they have acquired Acquire. Uh, this is the same company that owns From Software and Spike Tune If you don't know, Acquire, uh, they are a longtime developer that has made uh, a bunch of games. They were the ones that originally created Tenchu and Way of the Samurai series. Um, yeah, which I think Kadokawa Group, uh, I forget if they own those IP or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's. A smaller developer, but one that has made a lot of interesting stuff. Tenchu, I think, was the game. What was the FromSoft game that they made that was similar to that? Um uh The action game they
2: made. What? Uh, 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 was it the, was it Sekiro? Yeah. Yeah, Sekiro.
0: The game that people were talking about, like, oh, they're bringing Tenchu back and having a FromSoft make it kind of thing. And it's like, oh, maybe, I don't know. Uh but definitely seemed influenced by it with uh plenty of uh from softwares own general mechanics being in, inserted into that but uh yeah that's uh, another pretty quality developer under the the katakawa uh group there, so yeah there you go yeah I guess they' they're also the ones that made Octopath Traver. I didn't realize that so mm-hmm. yeah, that's weird, yeah. Uh, Let's see, let's get to some good news here. Uh, The IGN staff announced that they uh, were forming the IGN Creators Guild, which is their new union. Uh, Let's see, unionizing with the News Guild CWA. And put a petition site to go to to sign up and support them. Definitely recommend that. Uh, If you are a supporter of that, yeah, IGN's the the biggest game site out there. Mm -hmm. so This is a big deal. For them doing this, yeah, as they're trying to get uh, a more formalized um, contract with terms that helps yeah. them get better pay and bonuses and all that stuff that can be real iffy in the mm-hmm. in the games media business, especially for one that's like think IGN's owned by Zip Davis, mm-hmm. so. Their company has famously not tried to fuck over any games media mm. ever before. So uh, they're going to have their, their work cut out for them Yeah, uh, with that. So I think the vast majority of people uh, voted for this. And yeah, they are expecting Zip Davis to voluntarily recognize the guild because over mm. 87% of eligible members have signed union cards. So we'll see how that goes. And mm. then hopefully it goes well. It shows more of a sign that uh, this should be the way things go, especially as uh, media in general uh, has been yeah. just incredibly turbulent. As the uh, shocking that the the venture capitalists and huge corporations that own most of them, yeah, have decided to try and cut costs.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else to add to it. <laughs> yeah, the momentum is still on the side of labor right now, and it's only going to keep growing from there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Hopefully
0: uh, that works out in their favor. And speaking of stuff working out in people's favor, well, in the opposite direction, Xbox has been the the subject of virulent rumors over the past few weeks of Mm -hmm. uh, suggesting that a number of games are going to be coming to PlayStation and Nintendo. Yeah, um, I think started with rumors of Hi-Fi Rush, and then CFDs also showing up in those, and all the way up to Starfield, and potentially the Indiana Jones game that just got announced, and maybe uh, what was it, the Blade game? The people like piecing things together, and it's like mm-hmm. they never really put like Xbox logos on that game, as like yeah. it's coming to Xbox, and people are like, oh, maybe that's also not going to be exclusive to xbox and Mm -hmm. all this and then you get the the stupid xbox fanboy community on twitter oh yeah losing their minds Mm -hmm. and sending constant tweets at phil spencer on there telling him he's ruined everything that almost almost in the vein of the the end of the, the third Star Wars movie mm-hmm. where Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting and Obi-Wan's yelling at him, you were the chosen one. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to help the Jedi, not destroy them. And That's the vibe that they've been giving off in a way. It's like, all right, people, calm down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is what happens when you make your identity based around a brand, especially yep. one by one of the biggest companies in the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's been uh, a thing that people have uh been freaking out about yeah trying to see if there's any notable things here seems a, a bunch of reasonable thing oh here it is phil this is the red ring of death for xbox so great yeah they're microsoft they'll be fine mm-hmm. uh but yeah phil spencer put out a statement on twitter it's like all, while this was going on in the weekend, people were like looking at his gamer tag, and it's like, oh, he's just chilling playing Diablo Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bringing up fun ideas of him like being in a party with other people, and mm-hmm. somebody's showing him like, hey Phil, people found out about this plan we're doing, and they're freaking out about it. Uh, and he's like, ah, oh, shit. So he got, a, he put out a statement on uh, on Monday this past week saying we're mm-hmm. listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. Yeah.
2: Now,
0: I don't think they've given a specific date for this business updates event, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the last tweet he's posted. So mm. uh, who knows what else is going on with that. But yeah, kind of a uh, wild to see. Mm hmm. Uh, of unsurprising because Phil Spencer, for the past few years, has been talking about being open to you know doing business with uh Sony and mm-hmm. Nintendo on games. They've done some small stuff on that front, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, you know, getting a couple of indie games onto the Switch and uh, allowing stuff like the, the Quake and Doom remasters to come out on PlayStation and Switch, that kind of stuff. But none of their bigger games, yeah, not even their, their smaller games, kind of just stuff that was already on PlayStation or a switch um, or like small stuff that they, they don't find to be threatening to their, their exclusives business. Mm -hmm. But it seems like that has changed somewhat recently. Uh, Whether it's, uh, I've seen people suggesting that this is like some, this might've been leaked by people that are pushing for uh, them to stay exclusive and showing like, how the community reacts to this or Mm -hmm. uh, by parts of the the microsoft or xbox business like Mm you know we're doing all this we spent you know 70 billion dollars on activision blizzard we should just go all in on putting more games on the other platforms Mm -hmm. and kind of i don't know what that does to the value of the xbox but Mm -hmm. it's not really been great value because people haven't like Mm -hmm. Substantially shown up to buy an Xbox Series X or S over a PlayStation or anything
1: mm-hmm. this
0: generation. That's just been the the business side of it the, the the lead that PlayStation has generally had for the last decade since the PS4 and Xbox One launched. Mm-hmm. That that has not like shrunk or anything. Yeah, uh, for whatever, even trying to get a, a cheaper box out there with a Series S mm-hmm. that hasn't like tipped things in their favor and as phil has said like Starfield likely isn't to like change the course of mm-hmm. the console wars or anything and yep definitely didn't do it uh they're not in a place where like one game changes anything like maybe mm-hmm. if they uh made all this stuff exclusive that might help but that's would be pretty shitty of them to spend all this money on these multi-platform mm-hmm. properties and franchises and so like, we're not letting new people have any more of them unless you get an Xbox. And mm-hmm. I was at least been consistent saying that wasn't the plan. So we'll have to see what this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. As we've had plenty of people waxing philosophically about mm-hmm. Xbox is getting out of the hardware business because if they're not doing exclusives, then what's the point of any of this? And it's like, well, what if their plan is like what Sony's been doing with PC mm-hmm. and like releasing those games on other platforms a year or two later? like having their uh, technical exclusivity but then also letting other people have it once they've kind of extracted all the mm-hmm. the sales that they can and so yeah it just kind of leads to this weird place that they're in mm-hmm. we'll have to see when this event happens and sort of what the, the announcements are but yeah where do you see this going Brandon
2: uh I am uh, to be kind of honest I kind of saw this coming Because uh, the thing is with a lot of these games, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I think the, the era of the exclusive has more or less started to fade over time because at this point, considering how the whole industry has become increasingly more and more monopolized and consolidated around like three or four key companies, um, they're at a point now where they could very comfortably just trade franchises if they wanted to and not take a financial hit. So, yeah. Uh, this was sort of something I kind of saw coming.
0: Yeah. the It's the one thing that the, the typical infinite growth capitalism mm-hmm. was kind of wreaking havoc on, mm-hmm. which is like they want to keep making more money on these games while then clearly not coming from just keeping them on Xbox, Mm -hmm. then that necessitates that they have to bring them to other platforms. Mm -hmm. That is where they want to get more money. And it's like potentially getting, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. 70 bucks from people on uh, PlayStation or switch or, you know, 30 bucks or whatever they're going to charge for these games. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be more money than they were getting before. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's uh, what they kind of uh, would like you to do, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of creates this weird situation where their huge corporation goals of making more money kind of Mm
1: -hmm. leads
0: them to this inevitability if that's what their ultimate goal is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially as they've kind of seen the limits of what Game Pass can kind of growth it can get as, you know, it's growing but not like more than a percentage or two Mm -hmm. which is not enough for uh what they were hoping for you know in the past few years Mm -hmm. and they seem that there's kind of a plateau with this especially if it's only available on you know the xboxes and uh a limited version of it on pc it's like that's the whole thing i think uh what sony's president yoshida was basically saying that they found that like 75 to 80% of people that subscribe are playing just one game at a time. And Mm so, you know, them getting, you know, six or 10 games every two weeks Mm -hmm. is like almost overkill for what the average person is actually playing. And which makes a lot of sense, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, of course you get people like, Oh, I'm playing, you know, uh, Five games off of Game Pass, it's like, yeah, you're the minority of people. Most mm-hmm. them find like the one thing they want to play and then stick with that. Yeah. And that just that's happening with PlayStation Plus, with uh Xbox, uh probably the Switch Online stuff as well. That they're not exactly having like the, the whole library become a huge factor for them mm-hmm. so much as just like, uh, I'll see if there's something that tickles my fancy and then uh, if I get done with that I'll maybe look at something else
1: Mm
0: -hmm. it's not like I gotta play all these games now and just drowning in that like normal gamers are doing so yeah we're in a weird place but uh, yeah I think that's kind of the limits of what we can talk about because there's just not much else Mm -hmm. going on until we see like what the actual details for that stuff is Which we'll have some time in the next few days, so we'll talk about that next week.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I think that's going to do it for the show this week. Mm. Uh, Thank you, Brandon, for joining. Always. Uh, We'll be back next week with a new slate of news and the future of the Xbox business uh, because, obviously, they're going to tell you all your Xbox consoles are blowing up, Mm -hmm. they're deleting all your games, and uh, Phil Spencer will commit seppuku right on stream. Yeah. So... That's exactly what's going to happen there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know and select strangers, we're mm-hmm. hopefully not sending in dumbass tweets to Phil Spencer or mm-hmm. uh, just posting them uh, online, like with the Tim dog thing, who's like talking about being betrayed and all that. And it's mm-hmm. like, just be normal. They're corporations, they care about as much for you as they do anybody else so uh which is not at all they just care about your money mm-hmm. so yeah uh
1: thank you all for tuning in i hope you have a good week ahead i uh, will see y'all next time have a good one